Let's turn back in our Bibles to John, John's Gospel, chapter 14. This is the last week of the Lord's life. It's Wednesday night, Nissan the 14th. Having completed the Passover and the ceremonies, Jesus spends the next 30 minutes in instructing the disciples, preparing them for the events of that evening. Little do they realise how they'll be tested in the next 24 hours. And you, we're, we're only in the middle of John. You see the rest of John is talking about the cross, coming up to the cross, the capture, and then after the resurrection and afterward. So at this time, one has already left the room and he's now bargaining with the chief priest to sell the Lord Jesus. Another, before a little time, within three hours, I think, will have denied the Lord or within that evening, early in the morning. And so the Lord is preparing the disciples for the shocking events that are about to hit them that they have no idea are coming upon them. And that's what chapter 14 is about. And as you look at the contents of it, you see why he said what he said to them. There's four major promises seen in chapter 14. And I think we're all familiar with the first six verses that we read this morning about a future dwelling place for us. Down actually to verse 11. The Lord is comforting them and consoling them before the events of the night. And saying, heaven's coming. <laughs> he then gives a second promise in verses 12 to 14 that we won't look at but we'll mention here that we have power through prayer that they will have power through prayer you see up to this time they were able to talk and ask questions of the lord jesus himself but soon that wouldn't be possible but they will be able to speak to him through prayer and so can we the third promise he gives that he's going to give another comforter in verses 15 to 18 called the Holy Spirit, who's going to come and, and meet their needs as Christians to strengthen, empower, and help them to live the life of grace, Brother Tony, <laughs> in the adult class this morning. And the, the fourth promise in verses 27 to 31 is that he's going to give them abiding peace, peace that stays with them. My peace I leave with you. And that's going to continue with them and with every person that believes on the Lord Jesus throughout their life from the point of salvation. And so we're going to look at the first promise, the promise given in the first 11 verses, verses about paradise, about heaven. Jesus said there that he would come again. <laughs> you just can't get some little sayings out of your mind. If I say it, you say, uh, you give me a person's name. I will come again. M.A. Butler. <laughs> I remember he said those words very loudly and very pointed. I will come and come again and, uh, and uh, can hear his voice still echoing though he's not with us. <clears throat> then he said in verse 4, Where I go ye know, and the way ye know. This is going to be simple this morning. The way. The way ye know. Now what was Thomas's reaction in verse 5? Well, he said, Lord, 
we know not where thou goest. How can we know the way? He maybe thought he was taking a trip somewhere in the world. <laughs> but where, where are you going so we can know the way? <laughs> and then in verse 6, Jesus responded and said, I am the way. <laughs> you, you, you can hear the, the cogs turning in, in his mind as he asks that question and Jesus gives the answer. And aren't you glad that there's so many people asked pointed questions of the Lord Jesus and he gave them answers that we would like to have had ourselves and we have ourselves now in the scriptures. And this is one of them. I am the way. I put down here, what a loaded answer. <laughs> I am the way. There's more to it than a simple word way. And we'll look at that this morning. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you in it you've given us many answers to life's questions. And thank you that you've given us the answer to Thomas' question, where are you going? How can we know the way if we don't know where you're going? And Lord, you are the way. There is no other way. And I pray that each one of us would be sure that we believe that this morning. That Jesus is the only way and have believed by faith, trusted, put our complete trust in the Lord Jesus for our salvation. Blessed with salvation if someone needs that this morning who are not saved. And Lord, if we're out of the way right now, we're not walking in the way as we ought, may we get back on the way that leads to life. Lord, we do pray for our brother Rex that you administer to his mortal needs in this trying time. He will soon be with you. He will soon be absent from the body and present with the Lord. A glorious thought for each one of us. Strengthen him at this time. And be with Brother Sorette as well. Lord, he's given his life to serve you and these trials and tribulations have come upon, upon him and his family. And Lord, that you just strengthen them. And Lord, that he may, if it be your will, be back into service in the country that he chose to go to represent you as an ambassador. Lord, and, and working there, we pray for the Harringtons that are, who are over there now filling in his shoes. That you administer to them and through them. And bless the word today to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> and you follow along in your bulletin. There's little spots to fill out, and I'll try to um, give the words that are there. Being on the receiving end, Tony had all the outline written for the adult class this morning, and I was trying to pick up the words. I think I got all but two words, Tony. <laughs> he emphasised the words as he went through to, to write them down in, in your outline. We first of all see the erroneous ways promoted by sinners and by Satan himself. There are numerous, almost without number, ways that the world presents and people present and organisations present to get to heaven. We could probably ask you all and you all give, could give a different answer of different ways you might have heard about that people present. Let's go back to, J to John's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other what? 
other way. There's lots of other ways, and here's a person trying to get in some other way. Into what? Into the sheepfold. What? How did you get into the sheepfold? You went through the door. <laughs> Who is the door? <laughs> for us into salvation, the Lord Jesus. And so they try to climb up some other way. And so now we look at some doors or ways that these people climbing up try to get in some other way. In Proverbs it reads, we needn't turn there, 14 verse 12, there is a way that seemeth right unto men, but the end thereof are the ways of death. A lot of ways. It seems right in their thinking, in their logic. This is the way to get there. And it's wrong way. That's the way of death. In chapter 16 of Proverbs and verse 9. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. I like that even for Christians. We devise our way. We say like it says in James, I'll go to a city by itself, get gain and you know, become rich. But you should say, if the Lord will. <laughs> the Lord directeth our steps. What about us? Has he directed our steps into the way of salvation? There's the willful way. There's the wealth way. <laughs> there's a wealth way. And there's a lot of churches preach this. We know that the last church to exist before the Lord comes is a church that says, I am rich and increase with goods and of need of nothing. Not even the Lord Jesus and they lock him out and he's knocking on the door in Revelation chapter 3 verse 17. But this is the wealth way. In the book of Acts, if you'd like to turn there just over from John, the book of Acts chapter 8 and verse 20. The, the apostles were doing the work of the Lord and, and people were receiving the spirit when they prayed for them and Here's a man that wanted to get this gift. In verse 20, Peter said unto him, now he offered money for it. Can I get this? Here's some money. I'll buy it off you. Hey, you can't buy spiritual truth. You can't buy spiritual gift. This is a gift of the grace of the Lord, isn't it? But Peter said unto him, and this saying echoes in my head a lot, thy money perish with thee. Whoa. <laughs> He was very pointed and straight to the point. Thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Now I know it's talking about an exercising of a gift, but when it comes to salvation, isn't that the truth as well? You can't buy your way into heaven. No matter how many... You know, the, the philanthropists that give millions and maybe billions of dollars away... You feel for them because they think that this, if you ask them, they probably say it too, is going to get them into heaven. And it's not going to get us into heaven. You see, the poorest of the poor can come and be saved because the way is simple. The way is through a person. The finished work has been, all the work has been done. We trust in what he has done. We can't purchase it. We can't buy it. We can't bribe. I'm glad of that. <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> there's the rich young ruler that's, that um, the Lord presented to us in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 19. You know, <clears throat> all these things have I kept from my youth up. And Lord said, yet <clears throat> thou lackest one thing. <laughs> Sell all that thou hast and give it to the poor. And he went away very sorrowful because he had great riches. It was going to cost him a whole lot. 
But still, it couldn't purchase salvation, could it? There's the third way, the worldly way. The worldly way. Because I, uh, I couldn't put religion in there, I put worldly. <laughs> but it's re the religious way, really, the worldly way. <clears throat> this is represented in Matthew chapter 22. If you'd like to turn there, we look at different ones in, in the same chapter here. There were the Herodians. Now, this describes a group of people in the Lord's day, and it's easy to identify who they are. What's their name? Herodians. Who do you think they might be? <laughs> Followers of Herod. <laughs> um, these were the royalists, they have said. In chapter 22 and verse 16 of Matthew, we have it written, <clears throat> And they sent unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Butter the Lord up. <laughs> he couldn't be buttered up. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the persons of men. Tell us therefore what thinkest thou. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar? You know, they were all for Caesar. <laughs> They're Herodians. They're all for the Roman government running it. They like the order that the government bought. But this is the worldly way. <laughs> These were almost discerned as traitors. Traitors. The Herodians. The royalists. The worldly way. How, how can we get to heaven? Well, just follow the government. <laughs> Would you like to follow our government to heaven? No, because they're not going there. I mean, some of them might be. I'm not, I better correct that. Those who are saved will be going that way. This is not the way. And this is the religious way. The Herodians, the Sadducees. In verse 23 of the same chapter, the same day came to him the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection, and asked him. You see, this is just before chapter 23. Chapter 23 is where the Lord Jesus said, woe, 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 I think eight times to these religious people. You've got it all wrong. You're not going to get to heaven the way you think you are. Whether you're a Herodian or whether you're a Sadducee, a royalist or a rationalist. They came. <coughs> the Sadducees came. The rationalists, the reason this out, the liberals of the day, the allegorized scripture, they changed what the word meant and they thought they could still get to heaven even switching the word. And then there is the Pharisees. We haven't got time to spend on each one of these, but each of them come to the Lord Jesus. They, they planned an all-out assault on the Lord Jesus to try to bring him down in public with all their wit and all their worldly wisdom. And each one of them failed miserably as the Lord answered them. You read the rest of the chapter and you have the answers the Lord gave that brought them unstuck in front of everyone. Now, if you want to do something in front of the people with the Lord, you better be sure you're right <laughs> and you're in agreement with him because he can give an answer that we, uh, we wouldn't even dream of. And that's what he did here. And he, he did it to the Pharisees, the ritualists, or religionists, we could say. And we have it in verse 34, where we read, But when the Pharisees had heard that he'd put the Sadducees, he'd already done the Herodians as well, to silence, they were gathered together. You'd think they'd give up. They tried at other times as well, and they came, trying to convince the Lord that he was wrong. And uh, they presented a lawyer in verse 35. And these are well-spoken, well-thought people. And they questioned him, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment? 
of the law. Sounds spiritual, didn't it? <laughs> uh, <coughs> these, these people were the ones, if you go to chapter 23 in verse 5, put it like this, but all their works they do to be seen by men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. They do things to be seen. In verse 27 of 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you are like whited sepulchres, which are inde indeed appear beautiful outward, but are full of dead men's bones and rottenness, or uh, dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also are outwardly appear righteous to men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And this is religious people to the hilt today. They dress like it they look like it they might even smell like it with the incense and they do all the things and the gold and the trappings and their clothes uh, go to israel go to israel and you'll see these people walking around the streets today you'd think they were such godly people by the dress that they put on but dress does not count with the lord Dress does not count. You can look as spiritual as you want to be, but doesn't make a way to heaven. It doesn't open the pearly gates to you. I'm... <laughs> Listen, when it comes to dress, we shouldn't dress inappropriately. Women should adorn themselves in godly and modest apparel. And if you need young girls to know how you should dress, how short or long your dress should be, how low or high cut it should be, ask your dad. He's been around a while and he knows what men think. He's been in the workforce and you need to lengthen the dress and heighten the dress, if you could put it that way. Because, you know, it's not going to get you to heaven, but as a Christian it will show on the outside. You know, we need to think of that. But don't think through the dress you're going to get there either. <laughs> That's not the way the Pharisees thought, and they still looked the part. They, they had a meeting. In fact, they've just invited uh, 80 nations of the world to meet with them over there as they offer a lamb's leg. They wanted to do a sacrifice, and they weren't allowed to. The health department in Israel said no, to, to offer a sacrifice, the Sanhedrin. The modern Sanhedrin, <laughs> they got it going. And they offered 80 leaders of the world to come and observe what they are doing. Now, in, in essence, they're, they're still running by the Old Testament. And you hear what they say and what they're doing, you look at it, yeah, <laughs> but they've missed the Lord Jesus. They've got the wrong way, haven't they? And then there's the other chaps, the scribes, the guys that copied the Bible word for word, dot for dot, Jot for jot, whatever, tittle for tittle, that's right. Um, <clears throat> they're the recordist, the reasonalists, and they're given in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 38. All these people thought they were going to heaven. Now, they're all dead and gone from back in that time when Jesus was alive. Where have most of them gone if they didn't find the Lord Jesus as their saviour? To hell. They looked the part, but they didn't get to heaven. Because they followed the wrong way. They rejected Jesus Christ. What about us? And then all the woes come upon them in chapter 23, as we've touched on a few of them. Then there's the wicked's way 
the next one, point D, I think in your outline there, the wicked's way. In Romans chapter 1 through to 3, Paul is bringing the whole world guilty before God, bringing them all to be undone and in need of a saviour before the Lord, the Lord God. And in chapter 3 and verse 10, he really hits it hard. He said, as it is written, there is none righteous, and this is from Psalm 14, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understand. There is none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They've all gone out of the, how many? That includes a person born in a Christian home, a person born into a religion or a denomination, the heathen in the deepest parts of Africa, they're all gone out of the way. That includes all of us. No one can wriggle out from under that. They are together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. You see, there's none that doeth good that can be accepted by God or allow them into heaven by their own goodness. God would have to thank them for doing it in that way. <laughs> and they'd be all proud about it when they got there. And Fancy living in heaven for eternity with everyone that's full of pride. And it's not going to be like that. It's that we're going to be humble. <laughs> and humbled when we get to heaven we are going to fall on our face before the lord for his goodness and his greatness his omnipotence we do not realize this side of eternity what he is really like but and, and as we've done before go through the bible and see men that met god when the lord jesus turned up or when he turned up in a christophany in the old testament the reaction of these people would just fall on their face before god ah but these people don't, these worldly wise people. They're all gone out of the way. They're together become unprofitable. None that do their throat. And you can read on about what the worldly people who are out of the way are like. In Psalm 14 verse 1 where that comes from. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. <laughs> they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 5. Good understanding giveth favour, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Their way is hard. <laughs> you can look at a person that live, has lived in sin and you can see they are older than they, than they really are. They look older than they really are because they've lived a hard, we say they've lived a hard life. They've been in the way of sin. And it tells on their face, it tells in their body. And the way of the transgressor is hard. Believe what God has said. Don't go in that way. Young people, don't go in the way of the transgressor. It's hard. How oh, we can rest in the grace of God on the right way, can't we, Tony? <laughs> he taught that this morning. 1 Corinthians 15.32 What advantage is it, is it to me if the dead rise not? Let us eat, drink and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Hey, that's the way of the world, isn't it? What advantage is there if there is no resurrection? Let's do what they do. Yes, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto wise counsel, or unto counsel is wise. The way of the fool, right in his own eyes. Have you ever do, talked with or debated with, it gets to that or it gets to an argument almost, with an unsafe person that does not want to hear what you're saying? <laughs> the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. And you will not convince him otherwise. Now he's right. 
whether they be educated, whether they be scientists, whether they be politicians, whether they be poor people, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth to counsel, he that hearkeneth to the word of the Lord, he that readeth the Bible and believeth, I am the way. Ah, you're walking in the right way. <clears throat> this is the result of the wicked's way. The broad way, it says, leads to destruction. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. In John 3, 17 through to 19, just after the, for God so loved the world, verse 16. This is the condemnation that men love darkness rather than light. There's the broad way of destruction. There's the damnation, the condemnation upon the person that's going in their own worldly way. Romans 2, 8 to 9 speak of the indignation and wrath upon those that do not believe the right way. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 8 speaks of flaming fire that the Lord will come and issue upon those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Proverbs tells us in 15.10 that correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. What about another way, the E, point E, the works way, the works way. This is the big one of almost all religions, is it not? They have the cart before the horse, the works way. Let's turn to Romans chapter 4 and read about this. The verses that we now give you are refuting the works way, saying it's not that way. We can't work our way to heaven. What shall we say then? That Abraham our father is pertaining to the flesh is found. If Abraham were justified by works, he has something of which to glory, like we said before. You boast and be proud about it in heaven, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And Abraham was, before, was living before the law was given. <laughs> And uh, we're, we're living after the Lord's given and after the Lord has come and given himself a sacrifice. We need to do what Abraham did and what? Believe God, not trust our works. And God counts it to those people for righteousness. He gives them his righteousness, not ours. For all our righteousness is as filthy rags. Now to him that worketh, is a reward, in verse 4, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. In other words, God is in debt to us because we worked. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him, on God, that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. God looks down and sees the person that believes by simple faith on the way that he has provided, and he gives them his righteousness. He counts them as righteousness. That word counted is reckoned up like an accountant for righteousness. Even as David also <clears throat> described the blessedness of the man whom God imputeth righteousness, unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Instead of imputing sin to us, he takes it on himself and he imputes righteousness to us. So there, 
the works way, refuted by the life of Abraham, by the um, <clears throat> what David said as well and did. There's a verse that's key to all this that's found in the New Testament, one of the epistles. Can you remember it? It's, hey, I shouldn't be telling you everything. You should be listening, thinking through this as you go through it. That's probably written down there, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> in, in your outline there, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. What does it say? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of, of God, not of works, lest any man should. It always brings that word boasting up, doesn't it? If we try to work our way to heaven. And when people some people die, religious people die, and when they face God on Judgment Day, what do they say? We've got it in the Bible. Lord, Lord, have we not done? Done. All these works in thy name. Cast out demons in thy name. Done many wonderful works. Built hospitals. Had orphanages. Given to the poor. And the Lord will say to them, in that verse it says, I never knew you. What a shock. See, you see, even when they get on the other side and they've got an immortal body that's been given, they still argue the point. How stubborn we can be. <clears throat> Tell me some of the religions of the world that teach works for salvation. This is the big one. RC, Roman Catholic. Yeah. SDA. Say that. Jehovah's Witness. All of them. <laughs> Do this and you'll get to heaven. Say. Islam. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Mormon. COE. You know what I mean by that? <laughs> Christmas and Easter Christians. Those who go to church now and then. Liberal, liberal Baptist. Let's criticise the Baptist too. Liberal Baptist that have lost the way at teaching work salvation. Charismatic. Uniting. Salvation Army. <laughs> Thank God for the work that these people do. But the trouble is they're trusting that to get them there. <laughs> and it's not going to get them there. On that day, there's going to be so many sad and weeping people lost out on eternity by trying to work their way to heaven. Titus 3, 5 is another key verse. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Isn't that what it says there? It does. It says that right there in Isaiah 64 and verse 6. But we all are as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Don't trust in works. If you're this morning here and you're thinking, well, what have I done for God that he's got to let me into his heaven? Forget it. You won't get in. The Bible very clearly, the Holy Spirit has inspired men to write it very clearly that it can't be done that way. In the book of Matthew 23 and verse 5 to 7, 
we read, but their works they do to be seen of men. These are the religious people in Jesus' day, the ones that crucified, eventually crucified him. They make broad the phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments that we read a little bit earlier. They do this to be seen of men as nothing to do with God, God's way of salvation. We could speak of many other ways in this works way. There's the way, it, this is the first chap that did it by works. Who is the first person that tried to work their way to heaven to please God? Cain. It's, the, it's called the way of Cain in the book of Jude. And verse 11, the way of Cain. Understanding the way of Cain is the works way. I will please God by my works. I grow this great big vegetable patch. So when then off, and we have to give an offering to God, I'll bring all my beautiful fruit, the works of my hands, and lay it out on the table before the Lord and say, this is my offering to you. And that's what Cain did. And Abel, his brother, slew a lamb, I believe. And offered the blood because God had already taught them the right way. Cain wouldn't believe it. It must be from my works. Now, was it a, a beautiful looking sacrifice and, a, and something you could eat? Of course it was. <laughs> Cain's was beautiful, but not before the Lord. It had to be Abel's way, the shedding of blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There's no forgiveness of sin. So there's the way of Cain, the way of Balaam, the way of Korah, and the way of Aaron and Miriam too. They're all different ways that we haven't got time to look at this morning. And in, in narrowing it down to Balaam, there's the way of Balaam, the error of Balaam, and the doctrine of Balaam. They're all mentioned in Scripture. And all these different ways are talked about we haven't the time to look at. There's the last one, is it? Yes, the hereditary way that you don't have to fill in. It's there. The ancestry, the pedigree, <laughs> the genealogical way. And this is given and spoken of in John's Gospel, chapter 8, and it's also in the book of Matthew and in the book of Romans. We'll go to John's Gospel, chapter 8, and verse 33. <clears throat> John eight thirty-three. They answered him... <clears throat> They answered the Lord Jesus. We are Abraham's seed. We never were in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? <laughs> we're free already, ye. Don't you know we're Israelites? Don't you know we're of Abraham? Therefore, we're walking in freedom. We are believers. We are Christians. We're accepted by God already. Jesus answered them. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. He, he got right back to the point of their sin, didn't he? And, and he deals with it there from verse 30 to 33 and the 37 to 44. Jesus concluded in verse 44, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father will, ye will do. Anyone, I, I, I trust not. Anyone here today trusting in, well, I'm, my, my heritage is that all my family were Christians. And then, then their family, grandpa was Christian, and grandma, and the great-grandma, and great, go back, and I've just inherited it. No. <laughs> Not even a Jew who was born of Abraham can claim that. 
Nobody can claim heritage. It's a personal, one-on-one -on -one relationship with the Lord Jesus. That's the way. Not the way of dad or the way of mum. You know, and sometimes dads and mums are not walking in the right way. And they'll lead you up the garden path. Well, down the garden path to hell. If you don't change back to what the Bible says and God says about the way of salvation. Romans 9, 7 says, Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. And in chapter 2, he deals with it as well in verse 28 to 29 of Romans. Just because you've got a Christian heritage, and I could trust in a Christian heritage. If I, I knew grandpa, I didn't know great-grandpa, but I've been to his tomb. I mean, I didn't garnish his tomb. <laughs> it's at Berwick. And uh, Catherine and Troy and Jill and I went there. As someone said, it's up there. So we went to see them. And there's a lot of them there. A lot of jokels there. And they owned most of Berwick. Wouldn't be good if they still owned it. <laughs> the main shopping centre where the, the school is. And they owned all that. But they'd moved from Wedderburn. And there was 12 sons. And they, the ones before them, come from, from Prussia because of religious persecution, so that they had the freedom to preach. You know, I could say, oh, my heritage. Oh, look, I'm almost like Abraham's seed. Huh. It's up to individuals. It's up to my brothers and sisters personally to find the right way, the Lord Jesus. Forget the heritage. Follow the Lord so that you do get there. And the exclusive way, this is the next point, the next sec. Second main point, the exclusive way presented by the scriptures and the saints of the word. Acts 4.12. And I think some of these verses you know by memory. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's simple. It's true. <laughs> Believe it. And then there's Matthew's declared the way in Matthew 7, 13 to 14. And this is one we sing in Sunday school, enter in at the straight gate. Do we? Yeah, yeah. We sang it this morning, didn't we, Tony? Wide. Deep and wide. Okay, that was a deep and wide one. <clears throat> enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the what? Way. This, this word is used hundreds of times in scripture. This is just a few. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And how many are on that broad road? Many in that way. And then it says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads unto life and few there be that find it. Don't be surprised that the whole world's not believing because the Bible said it's not going to happen that way. There's few that find the way. Why? Because they want it to be more complicated. They want it to be the way that they've thought, hereditary, works, or whichever way we've looked at already to get to heaven. There must be a hitch to it. <laughs> it can't be so simple. Yet it is. It's the way of God. He's made it simple so a child can understand it. But the contents is very deep. The well is deep, isn't it? What the Lord provides for us. And how he's provided salvation for us. It's planned out in eternity. 
We were talking in the men's breakfast, or when I breakfast, men's prayer. <laughs> we had prayer yesterday about that, you know. <clears throat> Let's go to the next verse. I'll get off the track. Hebrews speaks of the way. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 20. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. This is the way through a person. Through the veil, you said, it said. <laughs> yeah, the veil of his flesh. And when he's, he was giving up the spirit and he died and he cried, it is finished while he was hanging on the cross, what happened in the temple? The veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, allowing access for all and any whosoever will come of this way into God's presence. And so the veil, that is to say, his flesh. A new and a living way. And this couldn't get past the brains and the thinking and the theology of the Pharisees. Cannot be like that. Some, well, probably many, it says in the book of Acts, believed of these leaders. It finally, they finally understood the way. You think of Saul in Acts chapter 9 and verse 1 and 2. This is Saul, the apostle who was Paul. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, of this way, what way? The Christian way, this new and living way, the way of faith. Whether they be men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Whoa, he was so hot under the collar. Saul hated and persecuted those that were on the way. In Acts 22.4, it reads, Paul gave his testimony there before an angry mob. And he said, and I persecuted this way, this way. The way we believe, the way that John 14, 6 speaks of, unto the death, he said, binding and delivering into prison both men and women. He, he didn't care. And when, in verse 20, and when the blood of the martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consented unto his death. That's how angry he was with this way. And folks, if you get a person that is trusting in their works to get to heaven and you start telling them the truth that it's not going to get them there, you know what they get? They get angry. They get angry. And they get fired up. They look like little saints until that time. And then they argue the point and get angry with you and you, you're vilifying me and so forth and so on. <laughs> Well, Paul did that, and he learnt that there was only one way as he was on the way to Damascus to do exactly what he said, to persecute and kill Christians, persecute those that they were in the way. Proverbs, well, no, in Acts 19, there's another one, and verse 23, and at the same time there arose no small stir about that way. And this was at Ephesus, I think, when Paul was there presenting and the um, silversmith Demetrius was really mad with Paul 
because he made he was a silversmith and he made idols to Diana and his trade was going to be lost altogether if people kept on getting saved. They were dropping their idolatry and they were starting to worship the Lord in truth via the way. And uh, <clears throat> there was no store, small stir. Wouldn't it be good in Aubrey if there was next week no small stir about the way? <laughs> people started believing the way <laughs> and people started turning to the Lord. You, you know what would happen in Albury within a month of all this happening? What would close down? All the pubs. The way they would be following is not that way. What else might close down or have reduced traffic? The courts. <laughs> Less people employed there. Robberies. The police force. If people just walk in the way, things change. And there would be no small stir about it. In town, what's going on if a revival broke out? <laughs> because people found the way. In Proverbs 10 and verse 17, we read, <clears throat> He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction. Keep the instruction of the word. Proverbs 15, 19, The way of the righteous is made plain. Isn't it good when you get saved? <laughs> you start finding the light on the pathway of life. <laughs> And the way is made plain and clear. In Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Show him the way. Show him the book. Show him the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what's the result of rejecting the way? We close with this thought in in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 19 to 22 2nd Peter 2 19 to 22 we read there <clears throat> while they promise them liberty this is religious people promising those they talk to liberty they themselves are the servants of corruption for of whom a man is overcome of the same he's brought into bondage for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in it and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. It had been better that they had not known the what? The way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, a dog is turned to his own vomit and a sow is washed to her wallowing in the mire. Listen, folks, if you're here this morning and you've, the light is starting to dawn on your soul that the way of the Lord Jesus is the only way, don't go out and say, forget it. I won't believe that way. It'd be better for you not to have heard it than to hear it and reject it. More responsibility on your shoulders. More responsibility on my shoulders if we know and do not the truth. Hebrews speaks of it, and it speaks of it in chapter 6, I believe. Impossible for those who are once enlightened, tasted the heavenly gift, partakers of the Holy Spirit, they fall away to renew them again to repentance. And they tread underfoot, in chapter 10 and 26, the Son of God, and count the blood of the covenant an unholy thing. Don't count the way as cheap. It's easy for us to believe, but it wasn't cheap to purchase. But the Lord Jesus had to come and humble himself, become a man, and die on the cruel cross 
to shed his precious blood for our salvation. Won't you believe today on the Lord Jesus? He is the way. Don't go selling out some other way or trying to preach some other way. There is, there is one gospel. <laughs> There's one gospel, not two. There's one way to heaven. And people don't like that we get so exclusive about it. And now you can be a Baptist, a Presbyterian, or a Calathumpian. If you preach the right way, you're on the right track. And uh, religion doesn't count. It's what you believe about God that counts. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Make it clear and plain by your Holy Spirit through the word of God today for anyone that's listening on the internet, anyone that's here this morning, may they come to the Lord Jesus. He is the way and the truth and the life and find grace in salvation and in service. Bless us as we go our way and may we walk in the straight and narrow way as we go from here. In Jesus' name, amen.